What is up, Smarks, Marks, and 9to5Jobbers? My name is Kevin. This is Mike. This is Andrew. Nate Dog in the house. You are listening to the Five Wise Marks. Welcome to another edition of the Five Wise Marks podcast. Wait, five? Or is it more like four? Nah, three. Minus that one. Three. Three Wise Marks podcast. Uh, yeah, Maynard doing whatever. Work, I think. That's what he claims, anyway. Uh, He's the worker, so he can claim that. Good news. Right, yeah. Good news. We found Turner. Bad news. He has a legitimate family emergency. Our thoughts are with him and his family right now, hopefully back next week, but we did find him. And if you'd like to know what the family emergency is, call 1-900-909-9900. Buck 99 a minute. Kids, get your parents' permission to call and charge it to your parents' credit or debit card. Yes. All major brands accepted. All funds will be going to the Andrew Turner bank account. No checks or CODs. (laughs) Yeah, no COD. Or cash orders. Speaking of cash, was anybody... Double or nothing this weekend. That was me. I saw some clips. I, I, was, I, I was up at softball. I'm a Bad broke job. mark. I didn't spend money on it. I'm still a broke mark, but I'm like, you know what? I think I'll crack a call one to this one. Um, I, I did buy the pay-per-view, sat down, watched the whole thing. Um, if I was to just make a quick tweet. So what was the standouts? The standouts would be... I don't. I don't want to sound like I sound like a mark right here. Just sound like a generic mark. Uh, honestly, the whole show was oh, good. That's the whole it. show was good. Close the show off. I'm turning the lights off. We're leaving. You're fired. That's not acceptable, pal. I, I mean, like I said, I don't want to sound like a mark. It wasn't like, oh, good as Dub. AE Dub. AE Dub. WWE sucks. Fuck. How does it stack up? To, to, so not let's not let's go main stack up with chips. How does nice. it stack up with like yeah, Vegas? Put me on spot. Um, how does it stack up with like a, say a takeover show as far as quality? They're yeah. almost neck and neck, honestly. Okay. That's that's what I mean when I say it was a good show. It was it was like takeover quality. But I mean, you got to really be digging into the independent scene to really understand and appreciate who's really in the ring and understand their work styles and appreciate that. I mean, there were some familiar faces. You had like Awesome Kong, Aja Kong, the Young Bucks. There was a debut of like this this group. Um, I mean, the the Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. They're not a debut because they were in ROH back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, they're changing their name, but yes, a lot of. of What do they go by? I'm not sure what they go by now. I thought. yeah, I didn't watch. But it, so yeah, I mean, the Super Smash Brothers. You can tell that name's from Chikara. Yeah, I do right. believe. And they were, but they were in Ring of Honor too, because I remember yeah. Jim Cornette shooting on the fans for liking them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if the real standouts of the show was obviously Cody, Dustin, Young Bucks, and the Lucha Brothers. Um, the best friends match was good. You know, that was that was that was all right for for a tag match. All the tag matches were actually really good. You know, I, were they good in like a WCW '98 like car crash way, or were they like actually telling a story, selling all that? Telling a story, selling like say, with the young sell, bucks? selling and young bucks. I mean, I, I, I don't think I, that. I didn't works. watch it. I didn't watch it, so I can't judge. I'm, I might have to go back and watch it, but I would be interested. Some more than others. Okay. Say, Some more than others. It's a shoot. Young bucks, I am not. I am not a young bucks fan because they're neither. I don't like them. They're they're a Hardy Boys ripoff. It feels like to me. Honestly, honestly, I'm Hardy not Boys either. But I can ripoff. I can understand why they are popular. I think they're yes. a better version of the Hardy Boys, but I also despise the Hardys. So it's it, <laughs> and it's the selling aspect. Yeah. Because I watched the spot the the Hurricane Rana and the, the with the, like the you know where they grab the hand and do like the flip. I hated that yeah. because here's the thing. And it's like you cannot do that unless your opponent is cooperating. That is well, that was so choreographed. Yeah, you know the Hurricane Rana and all. All your opponent does yeah. is jerk his arm and you're dead. Same so. with Taker's old school. Yeah, but Taker's strong enough that I can believe that he would actually be able to hold him up. Okay, but when you're five foot eight and 190 pounds, sorry, gave him 40 pounds too much credit there. Probably. Yeah. Um. If anybody's going to watch bits and pieces of the show or a match, definitely do Cody Dustin. You don't 
everybody knows the backstory. Yeah. Everybody knows that they're brothers. Dusty Rhodes was their father. They didn't need a rivalry going into this match, and that's something you really don't see. Another thing that you really don't see is a match that tells a story without a rivalry. It had color. It had emotion. It had color. Yeah, it did. We saw that. Wow, that was... Where that, was that on the Muda scale? I think scale? that might be the, the new... Instead of the Muda scale, I think it is now the Dustin scale. Yeah. Dusty would be proud of that uh, botch, maybe? No. I think, he, I think he did that intentionally. He wanted yeah. that statement. He wanted it to go viral. He did do the oh, whole Austin WrestleMania 13 mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna hate on it. You know, it's just a. I can't. It's kind of hard to hate on a camera angle, but you know, yeah. a mark will find a way. Now, in, in Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, another another good match. Um, shows a lot of. Okay, I use that term a lot, a little loosely. Shows psychology between both wrestlers as far as wrestling and how good they know each other. So, did you watch the Wrestle Kingdom match? I did not. Okay. I was going to ask you if it was a better or worse bits than that, pieces. but if you didn't watch I did, it. I did watch bits and pieces, okay. though. So I'm not, just because no. of that, I'm not, I can't compare the I two. I did not like unfair. the Wrestle Kingdom match. I, like, people put that way over, I was not a fan. I think there was only one spot that I watched with the Wrestle Kingdom match, and it was yeah. with the barricade. Yeah. And... Um, I didn't like Jericho's new finish. What do you think of that? Uh, not really. Yeah. It's not Jericho. I get trying to, like, to, to adapt to something new with the MMA training. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, it's not the worst in the world, but it's not the best in the world. It's not Jericho. It's not Jericho. It's, it's not, not Jericho. Keep with the, honestly, I think he's fine with the Lion Tamer, Lion Salt, Code Breaker. Give me the Lion Tamer. I know nobody wants to tap out anymore, but whatever. Who doesn't tap out with the Lion Tamer? Come on. Like, you, no. that's such a legitimate move. Like, nobody, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. And he even locked it in on Omega. Yeah. And they they had a couple slips in the match, um, which they they worked they worked past. It just shows how good Jericho is and how fast of a learner Kenny Omega is. I'll give him the credit there. Like I said, good good ring psychology, good storytelling match. I just thought Cody and Dustin was better, maybe because they had more going into it, even with without a rivalry. But I mean, if if uh, Omega and Jericho went in, went into it without a rivalry, it it would have not have been a a, a good match. Um, and then we get the big debut at the end. John Moxley did not come out in his Lex Luger attire. No, he did <laughs> I not. saw the memes of that, that and I popped. Amazing. You. Part of me when I thought of it was going to be he's going to just come out mid match and just wreak havoc. But I'm like, no, no, that's that's too new school. This is just a, this is just has like an old school good wrestling pay-per-view you know it was it was good and i was trying to get over pal yeah Yeah. my cat's trying to get over on this cast nobody gets over except me pal and uh with with moxley's debut i popped i was happy to see moxley in aew hell yeah all for it man and it was it was a solid crowd reaction i haven't heard a pop like that and jr put it over heavy there was a he just did an interview saying that he actually didn't know that was going to happen, and that's why he got that reaction that he did. That what the hell? Okay, the roof just came off this place, and I'm like, whoa! Like gotta, holy hell! I got to bring out the Russo meter on that oh, because boy. okay, I'm sorry, Jim Ross. How are you saying you didn't know that was going to happen when I knew that was going to happen, and I don't work for AEW? <laughs> Okay, like, I, 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 from a zero, so say zero is you're 100% telling the truth. Ten is you're going full Russo. Where do we rate that? Oh, gosh. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot on Jim Ross <laughs> I know, I love all. JR. I, I love, love JR, JR, the greatest, greatest ring commentator I'll put it at a five. Honestly, yeah, show. I'd put it at a five, too, but I just like, we'll say maybe you never know. We'll it give would happen, the- but he didn't. No, right. Happened. We'll give him the benefit of the like, doubt. Nobody actually clued him in, he, but he maybe thought so, like we did. Maybe they possibly snuck him into the arena. I don't know if they did. Could have, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure by the. But here's the thing: even when he came in after the man, the show started, mm-hmm. Jr's already out. You know, so he's right. backstage. Um, I mean, I'm interested in the product. Yeah, like, I. They've done some stuff to generate interest. You've got Max the Omega. Page Jericho, that seems to be where they're. Main I, that's where they. Going. When I thought of the, when I thought after after the finish after the finish of the event, I'm like, 
Good thing they're not doing Moxley, Jericho. Which, I mean, I don't think their matches were bad when they were WWE. I don't and here's think the thing, so. I think by the time they get around to debuting on TV, maybe the other two feuds are wrapping up and now they're going into that. Yeah. You know, so you'll have a, a scene. Would you would you think that they'd actually continue to continue their feud or maybe be mid-feud when they start televising in October? I think they'll probably be paying them off right before so they can start all new feuds when the TV starts. Yeah, I like, think... Pay everything off right before that. I think they're going to... Oh, when is when is Fight for Fallen? I don't remember. I think they're doing one pay per view a month now until October. No, I. I They don't want to go twelve a year, but they but I think they're going June, July, August, September, and then. Yeah, I I, I may be wrong on that, but I I don't remember what they said. They 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 had a funky schedule though. They had a really weird schedule. They announced like two pay per views that like all out and then. Fight for Fallen, and then I think there was a third one that's yeah. in July, and I'm like, whoa! Like, I do hear don't that they work don't, schedule if they you got don't want to do everything at fifty dollars though. Cody Rhodes said that in an interview. They don't want to keep doing the fifty, so hopefully they're they they're doing Fight for the Fallen for for slave victims of yeah. I, I believe it was police brutality. Okay, I could be wrong or yeah. uh, mass shootings. Okay, I I could be wrong. It was it was one but of the yeah, two, but, but I know the the price of fifty dollars per pay per view if they're going monthly is going to be too much. Yeah, it's it's going to be so, a lot, and I think Cody recognized that. That's why he stated it in the interview. Right. Uh, so let's get off of AEW. Um, there's going to be plenty more to talk about with AEW over the next couple uh, months. I'm really interested to see what their TV show. Um, but we want to go from the light side to the dark side of the ring. You did there? I see it. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Honestly, the best show on TV in 2019, in my opinion, Dark Side of the Ring. For wrestling fans, of course. No, period. I don't. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Game of Thrones is over. Ha, <laughs> losers. Anyway, I read the books and I watched the show, so I don't know what happened. Don't, don't, don't at me. <laughs> I, I, I'll find out. I'll I didn't find, find out, out what George Game of Thrones R. was. Dead. <laughs> I didn't find out what Game of Thrones was until like a month ago. Get, okay, before you leave my house, then I'm going to give you the books. It's like 55. 100 pages, you'll get caught up. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I will definitely and by the time you're done reading that, he might be releasing the sixth book. Yeah. By the time he's done reading that, it'll be time for the next podcast. I, no, the podcast will be over and the earth will be <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> um, the sun will explode. So, real quickly, I want to run through the six episodes that we did get. Um, do you, actually, do you want to explain what The Dark Side of the Ring is sure. really about? So, The Dark Side of the Ring is a documentary... Uh, put on to elevate stories that are negative, but just to shine a light on some of these things that happened that the WWE glosses over. So the six stories we had that they went in in depth on were the marriage, divorce, and life of Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth Hewlett. Is that her last name? Yep, Hewlett. Okay. Um, The Montreal Screwjob, where... Things happened. I mean, if you're listening to this, you know what that is. Um, the murder of Bruiser Brody. The fate of the Von Erich family, so yeah, to speak. The Von Erich um, curse, basically. It, yeah. yeah. And that episode is brutal to watch. Um, the death of Gino Hernandez. Which not a lot of people know, because not a lot of people know who Gino Hernandez is. Because, I mean, unfortunately his passing was before he got onto a big national stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fabulous Moolah and her harem, or <laughs> her godfatherisms. I mean, yeah, that was an interesting episode. Um, so you had the Macho Liz one. I don't think there was a ton of new ground for wrestling fans in that. Um, no, not really. My favorite interview actually in that show was, um, why am I botching her name here? Um, Mrs. Balea, so Hogan's ex-wife. What was her Linda? Name? Linda. Um, she was actually my favorite interview in that show because she was tight with Liz. So she, you got a lot of like the Liz side of things through her interview, which I thought was really interesting. I gotta bury myself real quick. I can't believe yeah. I just said Brooke. I'm like, 
Yeah. Why? Oh, that's her, that's his fucking daughter, you idiot. Yeah. Like, I know she looks, and this is the thing, they showed pictures of, like, Linda in the 80s, she looks exactly like Yes, her. Yeah. I know, it's, it was weird. It's <laughs> I weird. think that's why I said that, I'm like, yeah. why? Um, but there wasn't much new there, like, if, if you were a wrestling fan, you kind of knew it, it went through the whole Lex thing. Um, which was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because they detailed yeah. the whole story and um they did give Lex a side of it. And yeah, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, she passed away literally in his arms. I mean, that was brutal. Yeah. Um, then you go to something that's far less serious, unless you're talking to Bret Hart, but the Montreal screw job. Um, once again, this is very well covered territory for wrestling fans. The one new breaking ground, I want your guys' thoughts on this, was Jim Cornette admitted that he's the one who came up with the finish of the match. I've always heard it was Triple H for all these years that came up with it. <laughs> I've always heard... Triple H? Yeah, I've heard it was Triple H that came up with it. But here's the thing. That's a head-scratcher for me, I'm sorry. But Cornette uh, that's actually, what I've seen at Red. But this is, this is why I believe Cornette. He actually tells us where he got the finish from. And he got it from the Fall Guys. Uh, it was a book in the 1930s that detailed like the interpromotional wrestling feuds of that era, and so he was reading that book in 1997 because it had just been reprinted that summer, and that's where he got the idea for you put him in a submission hold, and the referee calls it without him actually submitting. And it makes sense with like the teens and the 20s and the 30s because yeah. that was more of a shoot back then. Where well, like and you think about matches. it, and you think about it back then. Um, there's not a microphone. There's not a television show. Kev's shooting over here, <laughs> literally. Saying, yeah. Kev's joining the Bullet Club over here. He's got the finger bang going um, on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so even in 97, it, there wasn't a tap out in the WWF. So if the referee calls for the bell, it was just the referee heard it. It was that transition period because that's when Shamrock was starting to do it. Yep. There was still verbal. It was still basically a lot yeah. of verbal submissions until it started Verbal or a head shake. Or, yeah. yeah. So... That was the big reveal, I guess, was the cornet thing. Um, but then you get into kind of darker, darker territory with yeah. Bruiser Brody. I'm gonna, I'm just Go gonna, ahead. I'm just gonna throw this out there real quick. I think Bruiser Brody is the best one out there right now, in my personal opinion. No shade on the other ones, though. I, I think that's the best will, one right now. I, it's up there. Like I think it, to me, it's a one A one B situation with this and one of the other episodes. Understood. I really love this episode. Um, Dutch Mantel was fantastic. Yes, I um, completely agree. Tony Atlas was yes. fantastic. Tony yes. Atlas was the one that because he wanted to keep his job in Puerto Rico correct, and that's the didn't testify. I do no, was he didn't one? testify because he no. was never notified. Yeah, he was. Oh, he really? never got I thought the, uh, I thought it was both, to keep his job he, in Puerto Rico. He never got the subpoena. No, he left, went back to the U.S., and so did Dutch. And both the the guys said the exact same thing. They got the summons. After the trial was over. Dirty. That's yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. Carlos Colon was, was paying people off. Period. Oh, oh yeah. Period. That's true. And the guy that played Brody, Maynard has worked with too, which is kind of cool. That's yeah. cool. And I heard he, he wrestles under the name last name Brody, right? No, it's no. I think it's uh I, I, read De- I think it's sheet. Cody Diener's brother in Impact. Okay. I think that's who he wrestles as. Interesting. But yeah, that guy that's did a cool little fun fact. He looked just like him for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't show his face, obviously. But yeah, he's got he's like got the, the beard, he's got the beard and the look. He's yeah. actually a good worker too. Um, I mean, that was the Brody episode. I mean, that hits hits you on a lot of emotional levels. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, they interview his his wife and his son. Who, if if you take away the fact that his son has the accountant look of the short hair, you know, no beard, and he had like the little dress shirt on. I mean, he looks just like Brody. Like, he's got the eyes and everything. I mean, and he was very young when his father passed away, yeah. which is really awful. Yeah, that's um, You know, you awful. get past all the stupid wrestling politics. That's the kind of stuff that really matters. Honestly, that's true. Um, the fact that he got away with it, and then the fact that his son was a prominent feature in the Fed. It's, yeah. The fact that Carlos Colon was in the Royal Rumble 93. They never should have let him back into any major promotion nope. other than his own territory after that. That's a joke. It, it should have been him and Abdullah doing blade jobs to this day. Yeah. Basically. Giving each other hepatitis. Yeah. Um, then you got the Von Erich story, which Boy. that was, I mean, poor Kevin. I mean, yeah. 
because you know your heart goes out to all of them because I mean obviously there's a lot of demons going on a lot of wrestling with shadows um but I mean he's the survivor that is true and he had to go through every single one of his siblings Mm -hmm. passing away his father passing away mostly by not of a natural doing yeah he had the toxic shock toxic shock with David Carrie Von Erich, I believe the story is he shot himself in the heart because yes. he was too vain to shoot himself in the face. Right. Which well, I feel bad for Lacey about that. That sucks for all the kids and everything, yeah. too. And then uh, the one upside I thought was really cool. Um, Kev, did you watch this episode? I th- don't think so. Okay. I, I watched a, a little plug here. I watched a lot of WrestleMania and uh, Behind the Titantron. Yeah. Yes. I did watch that about the uh, the Von uh, Erich curse, so I probably will know what you're talking about. Well, this was more of exclusive. The thing that I liked is they ended on the positive note with uh, Kevin. He lives in Hawaii now, and they had his two sons and grandkids out there, and then they were showing his sons because they wrestle. I think and they got signed to Major League Wrestling. They did, right after this episode. And, uh, Good for them. They showed them doing the, the claw, and it was, it was cool. It was like... They had that cool send-out of him and his kids together. You know, we're going to still carry on this tradition. We're going to pick it up, and we're going to break the, the Von Erich family curse. I thought that was Good. awesome. God bless. So that was a great way to end that episode. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Gino Hernandez episode, which to me was the one that was right up there with Brody as far as like... Yeah, that was a very solid episode. this one had the most, I think, new information. Yes. Um, they had a lot of in-depth interviews with his mother, who had never really gone out with any wrestling... Affiliated. That, that was the, that was her first interview. I think she stated first public interview with anything to do with wrestling. Yes, yes. Which I mean, so you got that insight, which was totally different. Yes. You also had the uh, was it the drug dealers at the very end? Yes. They actually contacted the guy who was kind of like the boss of the you know the crowd that he was running with. Um. Though I. <sighs> So they, they tried to, like, settle the debate, because it's been for 30 years now, there's been the debate. Was it a murder? Was, was it, it a suicide? No. Was no, it an overdose? No, drug overdose. Oh, I'm, yeah, was you're right. Overdose? You're right. Because he, he had a lot of nose candy. But here's the thing. Yeah. This is this is where I tend towards it was something went wrong. He had a gun on him, on the floor in front of his body when he died. Why would he have his gun out if he used to snort coke and have your gun in your hand when you're by yourself? I think he set the trend for modern day rappers, though. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he could have been a, a trap rapper. Um, yeah, you ain't Old lying. Old Town Road. Yeah. Anyway, back to Gino. But then they didn't find any drugs in the house. If he OD'd, why? Why would there not be a, like some drugs left? Or even a residue. Yeah, they found nothing. But then, on a, and this is the crazy part, and they actually showed the documentation of this. His autopsy report listed him as having five times the lethal amount of cocaine in his body. But here's the thing. You could not ingest that much physically, or you, you would have died before you could get that much in your body. So that doesn't make sense. They also Unless, listed him as Hispanic, which he was not, nope. and as obese, which he was clearly not. I mean, he I was think a, a, a beanpole. Well, a lot of things are listed as obese because of body mass with muscle. But even then, he wasn't—he wasn't even body mass. No, like he, he was an in shape. He was like regular six dude. two, like two o five. Like, he was an in shape regular dude. Yeah, and so like all of that not adding up. I mean, that doesn't it's make bo- sense. It was a, I think it's definitely a botched autopsy for sure. And, then, and not a lot of people know about Gino. He was really good. Oh my he gosh, he was really good. They showed good. a bunch of his promos. He was really good. Yeah, his promos were a a class. They showed a couple uh, couple of clips with him and uh, young Snake Roberts. Yep. Talk about a party right there. Oh. Oh, Chris throw, Adams, Jake Roberts, and Gino Hernandez. Throw Tully. And throw, Tully. Throw Tully in there, too. And Tully. That, that crowd a, had to run hard. Oh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of sniffing. Like right circa, circa 1984. That could have been the cocaine cowboy stable. Someone's they made Tony Montana look like a virgin. Yeah. Tony Montana looks like Mr. Rogers next to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that was a great episode. And at the end, they have the drug dealer. Yeah. comes out, and he says, no, it was an overdose, clearly. Um, you know, he was into a lot of stuff. We didn't kill him. Well, duh! Yeah. 
Of course the guy's not going to say, I killed him. So I, I don't think that settles anything. Yes, he's in prison for life anyway, so it wouldn't really change anything for him. But to me, I, I don't think he's just going to come and say, yeah, I killed this guy. He's going to say, yeah, it was a drug overdose. Because he was convicted of selling drugs. So the guy yeah. can say that. But Then we get to the Moolah. Um, it was an interesting episode. Kind of went through her whole career. How she built like the stable of women's wrestlers. Uh, they never really settled a lot, though. Because they gave both sides every story, which was good. But even the person that was like one of the most negative people, um, you have to help me with her name. Princess Victoria. Princess Victoria. She bashes her the entire episode. Then the last 30 seconds, she's like, if you're calling Moolah a pimp, then you're calling me a prostitute. And I was not a prostitute. It's like, okay, but that basically contradicts everything you set up to that point. Right. So, Which I think it's a pretty well-known fact that Moolah was doing that. That's why her name was Moolah. That's why she's been pulled from money. all the battle royals and all that. Um, I think the, 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 the most provable point, the one that we know for 100%, is that all the checks from the promoters are going to her, and she was giving them only a small cut of what they made. That is true, and that is scummy, but that's also... That's, what they did in the 50s that's and carny. 60s. I mean, that's carny wrestling. It is what it is. Like If you're doing that, then you got to... Go find, uh, you know, Vince J. McMahon and, uh, you know, every promoter from the 50s and 60s. You know, Sam Munchnick. They all they all did it. Um, who's the, the Tennessee guy? Not Jarrett, but uh, Nick Goulas. Nick Goulas was a massive scumbag when it came to payouts. Like, so it's, it's down to payouts. Like, I, yes, you feel bad because these people are busting their butt and not getting paid for it. But, man... It's, it's basically a hustle. Mula yeah. had the she hustle. hustle. She was hustle. That's true. You know? You know, you want to talk about somebody who could be a rapper? Mula could have been a rapper. I mean, she She's probably hustled. better Nicki Minaj and she's been dead for how long? Yeah. She was Nipsey Hustle before Nipsey Hustle. If we put... If, well, Nipsey gave back to the community. I don't know about Mula, but Mula gave to Mula. Her community was her front and back pockets. Exactly. Yes, yes her bank account was her community. Uh, any like kind of final thoughts on any of those episodes? I just want to kind of give a short recap of everything. Just all the interviews and different perspectives. That was a really well laid out series. I've only watched the clips, but from yeah. everything I've seen, and they're getting all these different perspectives. Any favorite interview, like guy that you're like, oh shit! Like I, really I didn't think they'd get uh, Genie for the Gino one because I think she was yeah. there the night before, so that was a lot of insight for that. Did she later marry? Steve Austin? Yeah, it was a Steve Austin, Chris Adams fiasco. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 because she was with Adams. Yeah, 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 okay. That makes sense. When Austin first started, I think, in uh, World Class. That's why she was in World Class in 86, okay? Mine would probably have to be Tony Atlas and the Bruiser Brody. Oh, Tony Atlas was great. Tony and Dutch, both. Yeah, both of them. There's the 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 1A, 1B kind of thing. The Tony Atlas thing that was different from what I've always heard. He, I, exactly. I've always heard he never testified just to keep his jobs in America. Another thing because I, he I was always Saba Simba because he was going through all the drug. Another problems. thing I always heard was that Brody died immediately in the shower after he got stabbed. No, no. I never ever in the millions of conspiracy theory videos and other interview videos heard that he was transported to a hospital. the The staff was like, "LOL, it's a stabbing." And Tony was just like, no, my friend's in there. Just like, I never heard that. And I'm like, whoa, like this opens it up. Yeah. This blew this whole case apart. That was that was so cool to hear. And plus Dutch Mantel giving his his side of everything. That was yeah. that was cool. The worst thing is, if this happens in any other territory, he's probably still alive. Yep. Because they Atlas said it took him forty five minutes to get to the hospital to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't and even think it takes you 45 minutes to get across Puerto Rico. Yeah, and then when he gets there, it took him still quite a while to even get attention. You know, if that happened in Atlanta, he'd have been in the hospital five minutes and he'd been patched up, you know. But it happened in Puerto Rico. So, right. Unfortunately. And Carlos Colon probably had that hospital under wraps. It wouldn't I don't know. Me. I don't know if he... I don't know. It, that, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he made a couple of calls, and but... He definitely did something with the courts. I sure. agree. For sure. I agree. He was paying off. And it's weird because I've seen a lot of Invader stuff because he worked in the Fed in the early 80s. I yeah. just, I seen, and it's like, I can't watch this stuff. And it's no. kind of it's kind of fun watching him work with Fuji. Yeah. I love watching some well, Fuji watch stuff. Fuji, yeah. I just want to state for the record as well, Invader 1 doing kids' birthday parties nowadays, absolutely disgusting. 
110% agree. Disgusting. Hey, kids, do you like violence? <laughs> oh. I stabbed that, a I'm man not... in the shower for... Yeah. For just a payment of a, a couple chance of to be famous. Just awful. To get in the Royal Rumble that wasn't even invented yet. Yeah. Fucking awful. Yeah. So, let's let's pull away from... On a brighter one, note. From season one to... Top five, our ideas for what should be in season two of the Dark Side of the Ring. We're going to kick this off, as Nate's pulling up the list, with Turner, right? I can do Turner, yep, that's the one that popped up. Perfect. I'll do um, Turner. I was reading your mind there. We're going to start with Turner's number five. Is number five, the story of Herb Abrams, his death, and the UWF. Herb Abrams. Yes. But yes, the UWF. It was an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Kevin has no idea what this is because he was not alive. I we weren't either. <laughs> no, this is like 94, 95. Oh, is that one? I thought yeah. it was the earlier. You know, you're, yeah. you're thinking of the Bill Watts UW. Yes. Was yep, the you're 80s. Right. Herb Abrams brought Oh, yeah, no, I, I have watched some of that 90s. stuff. Yeah, because that's where Cactus began, I do believe. If you Cactus wanna, was there, I do believe, for a minute. Yes. If you want a quick like primer on it, just go watch the Wrestling with Regret video. Um, he does like a twenty minute UWF thing. So I think they're on. They yeah, I think they're on, I I think they're on ESPN after AWA got dropped. I want to say. I don't remember them on ESPN, but I think they. they I think they were on TV. They had TV. I just don't know. I don't know if it was ESPN after AWA got dropped or not. I don't um, remember. Kevin, we're gonna bounce this back. Kind of weird because I don't want Nate to keep talking all the time. That's my job. Yeah, shut up, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, hey, that's, that's what yeah. all my friends say. Shut yeah. up, Nate. That's my gimmick. Um, Kevin. Your number five. For my number five is more of a recent affair. I am going to go with the concussion trial. Oh, Ooh, okay. just the whole CTE. The whole head injury in deal. With the, Sorry. the Chris Nowinski. Yes, and with everything. Chris Nowinski, Val Venus, um, Raven? so many. Raven I, would do an interview on it. Yes. I think they got a lot of potential candidates that would bring a lot of light to those and who Chris Nowitzki would bring facts, which would yes. be interesting. Yes, because he's got like the football that. background and the wrestling background and the too. So background. yes, <laughs> he's got more degrees than a thermometer. He actually <laughs> works with Harvard on um, yeah CTE stuff right now. So, which by the way, and this is not looking up. I'm looking only at my notebook. CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Look it up, kids. I did a research paper on it in college. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd alert. Um, number five for Maynard. Let's pick this back up. Number five for Maynard. Kind of simplistic, probably. I think wow, he's... just ripping him here. Oh, I am wearing a shirt, so. Okay. You I'm going to rip him it. over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he said the click, so probably I'm guessing he's talking about all the backstage politics and everything. Fair enough. The click. Okay, yeah. I, I think, think that'd be pretty cool, stuff though. On that. So, yeah, we can probably get the curtain call. Yeah, you do the curtain call, do the Sean getting beat up by the Marines story. Yeah. The, um, the Dean Douglas eight-minute IC title run. Oh, Shane would cut some promos on, on, on him if they got him in. And they've already shown they can get Razor to do the other side. So, yeah. You can probably get Waltman, too. Oh, for sure. I'm sure they can get Nash. Hell, they can oh, get yeah. everybody. Nah, not Well, H. not not, 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 not Triple not, H, yeah. but... Or BK. He would probably... Uh, they have to probably spend more money than they'd be willing to. Yeah. Uh, I can get just incredible. <laughs> they ain't doing nothing. I'm yeah, official member. Um, so I'm gonna go with my number five. This one's gonna be way out in left field, and I don't know if they could even do it. Simply because I don't know if they'd even be able to get enough interviews to do the episode. But the murder of Ricky Dozan, the basically founder Ooh, yes. of Japanese mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, so this is a weird story. But it's 1969. I mean, he is the legend in Japan already. He's 39 years old, and he is actually the mentor of Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba mm-hmm. in the Japanese Wrestling Federation. So mm-hmm. he is like this is you know he's the biggest star in the on the planet. He is Hulk in Hogan Japan. in Japan, but more. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah Hulk Hogan, Superman, everything, and he is at a bar. And a member of the Yakuza steps on his shoe. Well, in Japan, everything's about respect. Right. And so he tells this man, you need to apologize to me for stepping on my shoe. He says, no. He says, okay, then we're going to fight. And so the guy pulls his knife out. And Riki Dozan at that point then says, oh, I see. 
never mind, I apologize. And he says, it's too late. And he goes to stab him. Well, so Ricky Dozan, being a shooter, gets him, throws him down, gets on top of him in full UFC mount position, just pummeling this guy. And then he stabs him right in the gut and rolls out and gets out of there. Well, so Ricky Dozan goes to the hospital, gets patched up, actually starts to recover, gets dismissed from the hospital, but, and this was against doctor's order, he starts drinking immediately afterwards. And he developed an infection that ended up killing him. So, I don't know if they could do this episode, because, I mean, it was 50 years ago in Japan. I just don't know if that's, you know, could you get anybody, you probably can't get anybody that was a first person, but you might be able to get, like, that second generation of, like, their kids, maybe? Or just do it as, like, a Maybe Anoki, because Anoki's still alive. Yeah. Because I, I remember some yeah. Ricky stories with uh, Freddie Blassie about the filed down teeth and everything. Yeah. Where that got monster, monstery. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was in Japan or if it was out in California. It might have been. In, yeah. It was one or the other. He was getting heat. It was probably in Holly, or, like, L.A. Yeah. Territory. It was one or the other. But, yes, I remember hearing a lot of But it would just be a, an interesting story, and it would, you know, give American audiences, an ex, you know, exposure to this guy who really isn't well-known here. So, Nate, you're number five. Keep it simple with uh, the territory expansions of Vince in the early 80s. So, like, Death of the Territories? Yeah. Okay. Like a Death yeah, of the Territories. Yeah, I think that'd be a solid deal. My only issue would be, how do you do that in an hour? Do you focus on one territory? You know, like... It'd probably the AWA, because I think that was the I most think hurt. So. That one yeah. was the most hurt. And that was the most, like, dirty. Yeah, because oh. Jesse Ventura could probably shoot on that a lot. Oh, yeah. Hogan... Uh, Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne. He's still around. Slaughter wouldn't because he's still with the Fed. Yeah. Slaughter's still getting good, legend paychecks. He's getting that good graces. But you can still get a lot of, a lot of interesting. I think it'll be interesting getting like, because you don't really hear the AWA side of it. Except for, you know, Greg. Hogan not getting the push with Bachwinkle. Yeah. That's the only thing you really hear of. But you don't hear of the inner workings. Like, was the Sheik thing a shoot with $100,000 and all that jazz? Well, and then the way that Vince muscled him out of their TV. So, all right, let's move on to number fours. Uh, let's do Andrew's number four. Well, I guess you're going to hear me again. Yeah, well, it's unavoidable. Brawl for all. Ooh. Okay, that's, that's interesting. A, interesting, yeah. Because I, I know for me, I think that was supposed to be what Dr. Death's push was yes, coming from. Yes, that is true. It was yes. supposed to be Steve Williams versus Steve Williams. Yeah, literally. But, and then he got knocked out by Bart Gunn. Who actually was a decent shoot fighter, I guess, in himself. His boxer, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I because I could still see Bradshaw getting absolutely just mushed. <laughs> I'd like to see Bradshaw get mushed by Joey Styles, but that didn't get recorded. No, <laughs> um, that'd be interesting. Bart Gunn would have his take. They could probably get Butterbean just for the yeah. end. Um, you probably get. Savio was there. That ended. It's because you can probably get a lot of the careers that ended. So like Savio, you could probably get Road Warrior Animal to talk about what that did to Hawk. Yes, yeah. Hawk got hurt with that too. Well, you probably get Jr. too since he was yeah, basically in the backstage. All elite. Yeah. So, Kevin, your number four. My number four will be the Ring Boy scandal. Ooh, yes. Now. Do you want to drop a little bit of scrolls of wisdom on these kids about that? So, as many of you may not know, there is a gentleman who happened to be the very first intercontinental champion of all time. Was his name Rat Ratterson? Uh, something like that. <laughs> Where do you win that belt? Bio Re Canero? <laughs> Brazil? Something like that. <laughs> Mr. Pat Patterson. Allegedly. Allegedly would, for lack of a better term, pursue the ring boys, the people who would set up and be paid to set up the ring. Whether it be on the road or backstage, there was an infamous story about someone who applied to be a, was it a ring announcer, was it, I believe? And said, if you want this job, you are going to have to take the log in your butt. And he was like, LOL, don't swing that way, old man. And then it blew up. Yeah. It blew up. It hit the news. It hit the WWF. 
He got interviews. I don't remember. It was a while ago since I did some research on it, so excuse my lack of knowledge. Did Patterson get really interviewed at the time, or was it Vince? Patterson got quietly released and brought back, because this was at the same yeah. time as the steroid scandal, so they were getting hit yeah. double yeah. right there in early Okay, that's, that's what I figured. That's they what had I figured. Donahue. Yeah, they sent him back to Quebec for a couple months, and then... Yeah, and then quietly he came back, I think, at the end of the year or something. Yeah. Uh, it was never really addressed by WWE. No, I think they can. I I don't know if the victim is still with us or victims, yeah. because I mean they were. Pro- it's going to be actually, hard. They, should, to they get... probably are because they were in their early, early teens. Like you'd think they weren't, but yeah, they were probably most. Of, well, I don't think early teens. I think they were like you know eighteen through like twenty two. Yeah, they were adults. They were working. So but, they were going to be in their mid to late forties. Yeah, but they would still be alive. I thought there was one that was like sixteen or so. Uh, maybe, what, maybe. I, I, I could but, be wrong again. But um, if everybody remembers all the gorilla shoots of the Terry Garvin School of Self Defense, yeah. the shots were there, but nobody knew about, it, especially with uh, Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, and and Terry Garvin was yeah. allegedly involved in that as well, as far as being one of those pressuring. Uh, the only th- issue is like how many people do you get inside the wrestling business to talk about it? Because one, I don't think a ton of people were really on the inside of that story. I mean, that was really Vince's just inner circle, right? So I mean, you've got Vince Briscoe, but is he going to do an interview? Yeah. Is Patterson? Is Brawler? Pritchard? Pritchard's not going to do an interview on it. Cornette wasn't in the circle yet, so he can't. No. You know, and Cornette. For the most part, is not really willing to bury like old school guys like that. No. So, it, yeah, that's one of those things. I don't really think he'd bury him. I think we just give like, well, here's what, you know. But he wasn't I there yet. Yeah, he it'd, be, still, it'd, right. be, it'd be here. If he was there, yeah, yeah. he was here's still it. in Smoky Mountain. Um, he was only doing you know shots as Yoko's manager. He wasn't. There. It was this was even before that. Well, I thought it was like ninety three. No, it was ninety two. Oh, okay. So it was before. It was, it was with the steroids. Right? It was everything at once. Okay. So I do believe. Yeah. So, anyway, number four, we're going to go back to you for Maynard. Maynard's number four, Guerrero. Probably just, that. like, okay. the whole circumstance. I think the ad thing is probably just the Eddie Guerrero uh, story, which... Right in the feels, bro. I yeah. know. Thanks, Maynard. Yeah. I'm going to pick this up with somebody that we don't really know. <laughs> the mass transit incident. Oh, I like it. Um, unfortunately, the guy himself is no longer with us. He died um, of a medical complication years ago. But I'm sure New Jack would, would talk. New Jack oh. would crack a damn. You give, you give I New don't Jack think they could play that interview on TV. That might be an internet exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Special feature. Um, Devon was in the match. You can get his side of it. Um, Heyman's always willing to put his face in front of a camera. He's never seen a camera he didn't like. Especially when he's got boombox Lesnar. Um, my guess is the kid himself, his family's probably still around. I mean, his dad would have only been in, in like his 40s then. That was like 99, so. I think it was earlier than that. I think it was mid-90s. Well, it would have been at least post-97 because you had Devon. And then New Jack was, um, New Jack had been there because New Jack leaved ECW in 95. But yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. The Dudleys came in in 97, so it had to have been post that, at least. Well, yeah, it could have been earlier than 99, because they would have been in the Fed by then. They went in the yeah. Fed in mid That's like 96, 97, I want to yeah, say, is when it happened, yeah. but yes. But, I mean, you got to think it's only been 20 years. You know, he probably has sibling, cousin, father still alive. His father was there, yeah. so, I, I mean, ideally, but. That, well, was, that was just gruesome. Yeah. Did you know that story, Kev? You oh, yeah. Remember? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, that was basically legalized murder. Well, almost assault. legalized murder. Yeah. Yeah. Assault with a, uh, intent to harm. That made Dustin. He, that made Dustin Blade job look like a paper. Well, I, and I hate to criticize the kid because he was he was a kid. He was seventeen. Okay. But holy crap! If there's one person you're gonna be like, oh sure, I'll trust you to blade me. Why would you do it to the guy whose forehead looks like New Jack's? New. Why would you let have New Jack plus knife equals? <laughs> I'm on the time. other side of the country. Yeah. If I see New Jack with a sharp object, I'm walking in the other direction very quickly. Um, and giving him all my money at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the original crime time, New Jack. He was a one-man gang. Yeah, literally. Oh. Um, anyway, you're number four, Nate. My number four would just be just the Attitude Era in general. 
what the origins of it, like the beginning to the end, what really spurned it, who was really behind all the booking decisions. Why did all the wrestling suck? <laughs> well, I will take that to the grave. The Attitude Era is overrated. It is. I will take that to it the is. grave. There was some good wrestling, but yeah. Yeah, that was in D-Lo. spite. That was in spite of the booking, yeah. not because of the booking. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you have some some good moments, but yeah. Dilo Val SummerSlam '98. A lot of the great, good match. solid match. Even a lot of the great matches were not great. Like people always talk about the Hell in the Cell with uh, Foley and Undertaker. Yeah, that was awful. Second, wor- third worst Hell in the Cell of all time. It had two spots, and that was it. Third worst Hell in the Cell of all time. Number two, Taker Boss Man. Number one, I will count Kelly from Hell. Yes. Yeah. I will uh, count that. Okay. As yeah. a hell of a I, was, I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to go Triple H, and, uh, Triple H and Nash. No, that was fine. That, Foley, was, be- that was better than Foley Taker. Foley botched the ending, but it wasn't a bad match. But anyway, um, let's move on. We're going to do number three, and this is going to be Turner's number three? Yes. yes. I like this number three. The WCW heading to North Korea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard some stories about that. Was like Scott Norton almost getting in trouble because he like called on the phone from Scott the hotel. Norton almost got in big trouble. Yes, because he called on the phone saying this place sucks. Yeah, he and, buried the country to his and wiretapped. Yes, so Scott Norton almost and they took was, him uh, down and yeah. interrogated him. Yeah, it's something you don't want to do when a and yet they still like pulled that. like what 150 thousand. Uh, one hundred fifty. The first, but night, here's yeah. the thing. They were forced to be there, so yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't. You weren't drawing a gate. You weren't like getting money. Kim Jong was drawing the gate. Yeah, Kim Jong uh, Il at that time. Yeah, Kim Jong Il. Um, but, <laughs> but I would really love to. I mean, I listened to Bischoff's podcast. It was interesting. I mean, he claims they didn't know how bad North Korea was, which I believe because it wasn't really in like the mainstream consciousness in nineteen ninety five. He's like, had I known, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah, but that would be a really interesting. Interesting and story. Crazy I want to hear the happened. Scott Norton part version of that story. From Scott Norton. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. So, number four, or three, Kevin. I'm going to go with the final days of WCW. Okay. All right. Really? Like, no, really, no I'm just trying to think, like, what angle you'd go with it. Are you talking about, like, the whole fusion thing, like, not being able to buy it? Yeah, not not being able to buy it. I think that Bischoff more. Uh, I mean, he already has has enough media out there to really do a whole patch together segment on it, on what went wrong, who did what, who didn't do what, and and you know how how everything folded over. How how did all the contracts go? What who. Did, contracts were Time Warner. Right. Yeah. The contracts were Time Warner. Did anybody get special treatment as far as, did you want to go to WWF? Did you want to end your contract? Well, they had to, they had to take a buyout. It was buyouts. Like, That's if, why you didn't see Flair. If you didn't they see went Goldberg. to WWF, right. they would have voided their contract. So they could accept a buyout, which Vince, most what Vince told um, Nash anyway, was, I will pay you the exact dollar amount of your contract if you come and work for me. And Nash's response was, I can sit at home for nine months and make the same amount of money as going on the road for nine months. I'm going to sit at home. Right. So. And that's what a lot of people did. Goldberg, Flair. Nobody even talks about, nobody even really talks about it. Mysterio did it. Yep. Like, that's why your biggest star was Booker and Lance Storm. Those are, and DDP. And those, those are, are those are, those are your top three guys that came over. And it's like, all right, you had one legit main eventer. Two with DDP and then Lance Storm, who should have been a main eventer. He was a really talented he hand, was, but he was not a, a star. He was upper mid card. Yeah. And he was upper mid card WCW. He was not yeah. upper mid card. Which is lower mid card WWF. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that would be interesting. The only, my only concern would be one, how do you get that into an hour? Because there's yeah, so much. Yeah, there's a lot but, in there. That then, might be a two part. And then two, is it two covered? In wrestling media. Because I, I don't think a lot of people talk about... They had a pay-per-view scheduled for May. The Big Bang. Yep, the Big the Bang. Big Bang. That's <laughs> what... That's the more important thing. Because I, I heard... Starring Johnny Galecki and Jim Parsons. Because I heard the rumors that FX was thinking about it. Yeah. So you can get like the FX. And I really want to hear about what the Big Bang was. Because I think it's supposed to be all the faces coming back and getting their heat back on Steiner was probably... 
well, the theory. What Bischoff has said about it was that it would be just a total rebirth of WCW, start right. from scratch. So, oh, just like April tenth, two thousand. Yeah, but like actually going away for two months and actually starting from scratch and not having Vince Russo, <laughs> which is the key. Which actually, O one WCW is not as terrible as people say. Yeah, but Vince Russo was gone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's still not great, yeah. but it was it's watchable. Yeah, there's some watchable stuff. So my number three, we've already mentioned this gentleman, but and I say gentleman intentionally, Chris Adams. Yes, the death of Chris Adams. He also was allegedly, I have to say allegedly because this was not convicted, allegedly murdered. The guy who shot him said it was self-defense, but the inventor of the super kick. I mean, indie wrestling would not be indie wrestling without gentleman Chris Adams inventing the super kick. Also heard he was a wife beater too, which is how Austin, I think, got Genie. Um, is the rumor. The I, there's, rumor a lot is, of, there's a lot of stuff with that part the of the The rumor story. is that while Gino was a paranoid partier coke addict, Chris Adams was the violent coke addict. So, yeah. That'd okay. be just an interesting story. I agree. So we're going with Ma- Maynard's number three? or so your number three. three. I don't yeah. even know where we're at here because we started on number four and number three. I don't yeah. even know. So it's my number three. Steiner Mass. We might have skipped Maynard's number three, if so, that's fine. Well, I'll just say <laughs> Maynard's number three is Benoit. Oh. Okay. Oh. That's all you need to know. That's not going to happen. My, my, my number three, the origins of TNA. Okay. That's a, that's actually pretty cool. I've heard I've heard some of the stories that the, it was Jarrett's money he got from leveraging Vince. That's what started TNA. Hmm. Because they were all, it was like, I think it was Bob Geigel and Jerry on a fishing yep. trip, and that's how it started. Yep. But... They almost didn't even get off the ground. The story I heard was Cheeks, like the big seven hundred pound guy, yeah. broke the ring, and you could see you could see the Harris brothers fixing the ring when they went on air. Yep. I think you see Ron or Don pulling the ring post. They were still fixing the ring from the dark match as the first pay per view went on the air, and that's TNA in a nutshell. Yes, except for Chris Saban. It, hey, motorcycle machine guns over with me. Yeah, over with me, over. pal. Yeah, so like uh, Christmas morn. Number twos. We're gonna start. With Turner. Turner two belts. Owen. Oh, don't do that to my feels, bro. I know. Especially with the uh, basically recent. Yeah. R.I.P. Owen. We love you. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Number two, Kevin. Benoit. Number two, Maynard. <laughs> I don't want to talk about... If we ever Monday talk Night about Wars. Benoit, we're going to do a whole episode on it. Monday Night Wars. Okay. Okay. I think that's been already well documented. I just think maybe, like, if they did it from an angle of, like, the dirtiest moments of, maybe. Yeah, because you already know the Medusa stuff, the fully put butts yeah. in the seat stuff, but the so, other little shots. Yeah, and especially if they did, like, maybe backstage stuff. Um... Yeah, there's some some juice to go with there. So my number two, Vince McMahon, steroids. I want a real in-depth look at it because WWE productions are never going to talk about it. Nope. The very limited stuff you've got from shoot interviews, only is it's, it's usually only one person's take. It's not... Because I want to hear Jerry Jarrett's version of this. Because supposedly he was going to be the guy that comes in and takes over. I think that was. I, I think that to... was the plan. The plan. It was already set in stone. Yeah. I unfortunately he signed back with WWE, but I would love to hear Bruce Pritchard's version of yes. that from like a shoot interview standpoint. But yeah. So number two, so my, four, me. you ah it was a steroid. steroid oh hey, trial was cool. My number Good two. number two. So now number one. Turner, number one. Benoit. Oh, they were, were they colluding? They, they must have been. Just like AEW and WWE are? Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. They're in bed together, bro. You know, Dark Side of the Ring, how many careers has Vince Russo ruined? That's not my number one, but wow. That would be a, a marathon. They would have to do an entire season just on that. Just uh, on 98. Yeah. Your number one, Big Cav. I really hate to sound repetitive here. Oh, and. Ow! 
Man. If I didn't, if I if I couldn't go with Owen, I would go with Scott Hall, Murder Self Defense. Ooh. Ooh, that was great from the Scott Hall documentary. Yes, and I'd love to see one that was like a more you know out out of the you know box take on that. The reason I I go with I Owen, like that one better, but I don't want. Oh. I honestly the reason I go with Owen, it, it does. It, it <laughs> honestly, no pun intended, breaks my heart I, every time I think about it. It's just like damn, but. Honestly, the reason I go with them more because I think they'd get more juicy interviews. I would open a lot of light to that's that true. situation. I mean, they'd, they'd probably get Brett to shoot on it. Yeah, I mean, the the holy grail of wrestling interviews would be Martha Hart, but I don't think she's ever no. going to do it. No, no, I don't think there no. is. There, I don't think there is a price tag to do it. Nope. You know, she's been very private, and I understand that. And I totally respect that. Yeah, understood. It's you know, at, for her, it's not a, it's it's bigger than a wrestling story. Yeah. It's her life and her kids. Right, and that's what it's all about. So right. But number one for Maynard. Maynard. Yes, for Maynard. I know we said we were not going to allow it because I believe this is already in production. But I'll allow it. The Dino Bravo story, which that's going to be interesting. Yes, very interesting. Um, the people don't know yeah. since he was... Tell them. Well, there you go. Somebody <laughs> I caught it, unlike last week, yeah. Maynard. No, basically, if you don't know, Dino, since he was working in the States, and he's Canadian, and the tobacco and everything's so expensive, smuggling the cigarettes, and basically, basically the Canadian mafia guy was... There and I guess the murder was silencer fifteen shots while they were watching like a hockey game and Dino knew it was going to happen. Wow, well that's the story. Yeah, well because I think he was involved with the mob and he like yeah. crossed him on it. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we live in a border town. We know how this goes. I mean, those Canadians don't like paying duty. <laughs> so that's pretty, yeah, number one for me. Kevin was trying to predict it. Have you been sneaking a peek at the notebook? Did you see it? Uh, no, actually. Okay. Do you want to make a prediction? Because I gave you the time frame. It was 2004, 2005-ish. The story of Joy Giovanni. That's not that far off. <laughs> uh, the story of Amy Weber's bag. <laughs> I'm gonna s- Dusty Rhodes and Baby Doll. Uh, I'm going to say... Matt Hardy, Edgelita? That's a really good Ooh, one, but no. I didn't even think I didn't about think that. Of that one, I didn't even think about to put that one on my list. Mine would be the origins, the booking, and the ultimate demise of Muhammad Hassan. Ooh, okay. okay. Because there is so the tragic many timing to go with this. One, they originally bring him in as someone with a legitimate gripe. I mean, yeah. he was saying that, you know... Muslim Americans were being discriminated against because of what happened. They were. Yeah. And, I mean, he made a great point, but he's the heel because America. And then they slowly transitioned him from a guy with a real issue to more and more and more cartoony terrorists. Generic foreign heel stereotypes. Yeah. And then, finally, I mean, even if you don't have the London bombings, who thought it was a good idea to have literal jihadi terrorists come out and kidnap the Undertaker? Not choke him out and choke, choke him out with, with piano wire. Yeah, um, just oh, like come on. Who thought that was a good idea? And why did this happen? Vincent Kennedy, exactly. McMahon. You're talking about the same guy that wanted to do a what, what was it? A, a incest a, angle with Stephanie. Well, yeah. that and then the frozen Nazi was it or was it Heinrich? Heidenreich is a, as a yeah, cap, Captain America of Nazis. With, of all people, Paul Heyman as manager. And Paul Heyman is Jewish. <laughs> and don't forget, um, what's, what's, Kenzo Suzuki was supposed to be Hirohito. Yeah. So, anyway, number one, Nate, bring it home. Since we're allowing it, Dino Bravo. Okay. I do have an honorable mention for me, though, since I took it off my list. The Dr. D incident with yes. John Stossel, I do believe. I think that would be a really interesting one with the 2020 and everything. That does remind me of a quick honorable mention. Arn and Sid, scissor stabbing. Yep. Okay, alright. My, my, my one would be just a general honorable mention for a dark side of rock and wrestling. Okay. Oh, okay. So you've got the Stossel incident. 
But then you can also talk about because they they briefly mentioned it in um, the Moolah thing, but just the screw job of Randy Wendy Richter, not yep. not the the match, but like the whole basically we screwed her out of money. And then we do the Hogan incident on the talk show where he yep. choked out the guy and bashed his head. Then you got Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou with Roddy so, Piper and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to go with there, but, like, the dark side of that. So, we're looking forward to Season 2 of the Dark Side of the Ring. Um, next week, hopefully we'll have some more good wrestling stuff to talk about. We're going to have another top five for sure. Let's bring it home. Well, enjoy your night. Peace out. All right.